0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome back again to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and uh, once again coming at you with another one of those uh, transfer talk videos and the reason I'm doing this is because uh, it was really interesting when one of the guys um, in the comments for the Rodrigo Bentoncourt um, video asked me who would I prefer Bentoncourt or Boubacar Camara so why not do a video on Bubakar Camara and then Later on, what we'll do is we'll take a look at what all of the linked central defensive midfielders slash central midfielders um to Aston Villa this season have to offer. So this is going to be an all-encompassing podcast to do with Bubakar Kamara as a feature to start off with. Now we we'll look at him um along with the three other defensive midfielders that we've been linked to. Um so I suppose really one of the biggest things here is that it's nice that Steven Gerard has identified that this position is one that he wants to wants to kind of corner off um, and it's really interesting what i've seen from from the people that he's been that he's been linked to is that obviously you know he's looking to try and find good players at bargain prices at clubs maybe that, may, that they might need to sell slash want to sell or players that are in contract situations where maybe their contract is winding down and bubakar kamara is one of those players He goes for free in the summer. So maybe getting the deal done now in January is more appealing to Marseille. Obviously, they get some cash for him. Maybe it's more appealing to Aston Villa as well. Because at the moment, a lot of the teams that will be in for someone like Bubakar Kamara are probably stacked in that position and maybe don't want to part with. I don't know. I'm picking a number out of the top of my head. But maybe don't want to part with $10 to sign Bubakar Kamara now. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be anywhere near the figure. I, I have no idea. I'm just picking a complete, not a random number out of the top of my head for that one. Maybe they don't want to pa- part with any cash for him in January because he will come in, maybe they don't have the squad space for him. Maybe they're waiting to maybe turn over some parts of their squad in the summer before they would bring him in, or if they were to bring him in the summer, it would allow them then extra time to turn over parts of their squad. And uh, maybe ask them for the March on people. And when we've got money to spend, why not spend it on somebody who, is universally seen as to be somebody who's got a fantastic uh, ceiling within the game. Already played quite a lot of games for Marseille, um, and uh, is somebody that is pretty much hugging the highlights and hugging the the limelight, should I say, at Marseille within the French structure, within the French French footballing structure. He's seen as somebody who will break in properly, break into their uh, to their senior setup very very soon, and um, you know the hopes are very very high for him, but. As I say, he is um, hes somebody that was linked to us by uh, Fabrizio Romano um, yesterday in conjunction. Both of them kind of broke at the same time, whereby Benton Coor was linked, and then Bubkar Kamara was linked directly afterwards. And it's interesting because it just goes to show that the club... F- Fully understand that maybe a more defensive-minded, more disciplined midfielder is something that we do need to bring in for us to really push forward, and it's something we've been calling for an awful lot here, as it would allow the tens to move forward. It would allow maybe McGinn a small bit more to go forward. It would allow us to bring in this a uh, defensive midfielder and Douglas Louise to play a double pivot in front of the defense if we needed to when we do go maybe away at one of the one of the better teams in the league. And um, it would allow us maybe to control the game, maybe park on our box a small bit more, because for good and all as as Jacob Ramsey is, being that far deep kind of it kind of stifles him with regards to his carrying of the ball, which is something he's done really well. And obviously McGinn needs to be given space and freedom to run around the field because his biggest asset is his endeavor. When he gets on the ball and when he's allowed to run around the field and given a bit more of a free reign, he is uh, he he shows his his best hand, I think, uh, best hand of cards. And um, not to mention the two lads up front in Emi Buendia and in Philippe Coutinho. So let's take a look at some of the numbers. As always, these is a statistical analysis of the defender stats can tell lots of truths they can tell lots of lies stats do not take into account strength of schedule strength of league and system that they're playing in etc etc so taking these numbers And when we show the numbers with regards to Aston Villa players, it's not to say that Aston Villa player is bad. It's to show that what this player is doing in this team and in this system, if they can transfer it over into the Premier League, and obviously in some situations you would see a drop off, but if they can transfer it over into the Premier League, they will be a hit. And it's more so looking at what these players are very good at and what they can contribute, what areas they can contribute in, as opposed to saying that. This player is in the top 2% at this. So, if at this attribute, so if we were to drop him into the Aston Villa football team, he would be in, still in the top 2%. It doesn't work like that, but it's about identifying the market inefficiencies for players like this and also attributes, looking at the attributes to see which is and taking kind of a module, modular barometer with regards to them to see. What type of attributes will translate well into the Premier League? What type of attributes will translate well into this system? And then utilizing those and building around those then if we were to get them into the team. Sorry, building their role around those if we were to get them into the team. So let's take a little look at this. Before we do, actually, guys, can you please hit the like button on this? Really appreciate it. If you are watching this video from this podcast for the very first time, I would absolutely adore it if you could hit on the subscribe button as well. You know, We've done a couple of these. If you like them, keep coming back. We also do stuff on matches. We do post-matches, pre-matches, Team Sheet Tantrums. Team Sheet Tantrums are actually quite good if I do say so myself. You never know. If you're stopping by for the first time, you might like the podcast. You might like the channel. You might like the cut of our jib if you come back again the next time. But you won't know when to come back. Unless you hit subscribe and hit on the bell to be notified. And we'd really love to have you around because we would have talking to everybody from anywhere in the world, whether you're an Aston Villa fan or whether you're not an Aston Villa fan. So with that being said, let's take a little look at Boubacar Camara. So he's French. He's five ten. He's right-footed, and he is twenty-two years of age. Won't be twenty-three until later on this year. Um, he's like a couple. Of, we're going to the points of note first of all. He's got got great potential. Known. Up, down, left, and right, in within circles, as having fantastic potential. And um, it's not as if he is uh, a hidden gem anywhere along the line. He has he, he's been known for quite a while to to have an awful lot of potential. And he's, um, as I say, he's played in quite a lot of different positions for Marseille, and we'll get into that in a moment. And um, there are some questions about his mentality. And I'm going to, I'm just going to say this, but I don't really. It's not something I really kind of care about as such a lot of teams have inquired about him with regards to signing him as a free agent in the summer and there was big headlines splashed across the place place that he's looking for 150 grand a week and he's 22 years of age, and yes, he's well thought of. But there was then questions about what he in the game for. Does he love the game? Is this is his agent? You know, going to be difficult to deal with. Uh, 150 grand for somebody who was only a 22 year old kid. If he comes into your club, and he was linked with quite a lot of clubs. Leeds were, were registered with an interest. Manchester United, Liverpool, Roma. Quite a lot of teams have been uh, across the spectrum have been linked with him. But they all seem to have gotten this 150, 150K a week. Now, I don't know whether it's true because it was only paper reports. And then the report went on to then question some reports, should I say, went on to question whether he had the mentality for it. For me, I don't think that's a big thing at all. It just said I'd mention it, though, because, as I say, just want to have an overarching look at the player himself. He's got a very, very, very good range of passing, and we're going to look at that in a moment. And I think that that's maybe something that Stephen Gerard is looking to have in that deep-line playmaker slash defensive midfielder role back there, to be able to have somebody who can ping a pass, play the intermediate passes, but most most importantly, keep it tight and be able to play the sharp passes when they're in their own midfield as well. Um, And lastly there, he is a brilliant pivot. He's a brilliant pivot player when you look at him because he has all those attributes and he has experience as well of – of solely playing there. So when we look at when we looked at when we looked at um at, at Bentancur yesterday, uh, we said that he was moved around in a lot of different positions where he was asked to go forward, where he was asked to defend and so on. With regards to Kamara, it's always really been a defensive mission he's been given as such. Yes, he has played central midfield and defensive midfield, but he's always been tasked with kind of the defensive work when he's been in there. He's also a really good passer. Um he's played center back for Marseille um 47 times, including substitute appearances. And 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 when you look at it, you know, he played, he played 13 games um as a center half only in 2019-2020. So it's not like it was just something that they did to get him into the team when he was when he was younger. He played there in 2019-20. Last year he played one game at center back, you know. So I'm not saying he comes in and plays centre back for Aston Villa. Absolutely not. Not saying that at all. But what I'm trying to get at here is that even if you look at the last two games we've played against Manchester United and the most recent game against Everton, Douglas Lewis has pushed back and almost kind of came right back in between the two center halves to get that ball and be that that very, very deep pivot player. Thought he did a really good, good job of it against both Manchester United and against Everton, mind you. So he's 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 doing that well. But somebody who's played the centre back position and also played played in the defensive midfielder position. For him to be able to come back in there, or even need to be able to slap back in there to make it a five at back, a five at the back, or a three at the back at any at any given time, allow Dina, who's very very good going forward, and Cash is very very good going forward, to bomb forward. That's a positive. That's a plus. That's a versatile piece. That's something that that, that I'm sure Steven Gerrard will know about. His scouts will know about, and that Michael Beale will know about. And it's something that I, they would be remiss not to at least inter- to entertain if somebody like Bubakar Kamara did come in to play for the club. With regards to central defensive midfielder, that's something that he's been tasked with doing more recently with 22 games uh, being played there in 2020-2021, and so far this season he's played 12 games there as a central defensive midfielder and then the bulk of the rest of these games then have come as a central midfielder mostly stemming between 2019 and 20 2021 and this year so he's played nine games there in 1920 17 games he played there last year and this year he's tagged out there eight times so far as a central midfielder depending on on what formation they've played to. um a bit of an off-topic one as well, and I haven't shown it down there, but he's played five games at left-back. Um, He's played five games at left-back, apparently. And uh, I don't know. Uh, he hasn't played there since 2018, it seems. He hasn't played there at left-back. I do not envisage him being anywhere near there. I would imagine that was an auxiliary position, judging by the minutes that he played there. But ideally, this guy is going to come in here and play a central defensive midfielder for us. Um, it's something that he's played more and more as his career has gone on. So let's take a look at his defensive statistics so far. So he's up in the in in, in 60% in the, the top 40%, shall I say, for interceptions. Um tackles are right up there as well in the top 78 percentile, which puts him in sorry, in the top twenty two percentile. Uh, dribble pass is 1.15 per ma- per game, which uh puts him in the top 34 percent. So nice steady numbers when we look at um at all of these pieces. And um, then we look at the, the pressures. He's he doesn't pressure that much. But when he does, he's very successful. So you can see that there. So like 37.2% of all his pressures are successful pressures, which puts him right up there in the top echelon of um, of, of pressure success rate. So maybe he's not asked to pressure an awful lot. He only does it 16.4 4 times per 90 minutes. But when he does it, he's really, really successful. When we look at the aerial jewels and thank you very much for all the people who pointed out that I've been spelling aerial wrong all this time. I, I, any anything like that, please. Anything we can do to try and cr- cr- try and up the quality of this is always well appreciated. But fifty-seven point one percent aerial Jules puts him in the top twenty-eight percent of uh, of midfielders in the top five leagues in Europe. And when he goes into tackle, he commits a foul at a rate of one point eight one fouls per ninety minutes, which puts him in the lower echelon, down around the last third of uh, midfielders. So he's not. Um, He's not afraid of uh, dragging someone down or making a foul or, or, or going in a bit heavy-handed. When we look at his passing and his possession stats, this is where he looks so, so, so calm when he's on the ball. So when we look at pass attempts, seventy-four point eight nine per game, he completes, uh, he's com- completes 67.27 of those per game. His uh, completion percentage is 89.8%, putting him in the top 8% of all midfielders at 22 years of age shows a composure shows a confidence shows shows that he's he's able to mix it with men and come out smiling at the other end a heavy workload player even even at that pivot position and that's what i'm trying to say when i say a brilliant pivot player you know he's able to drop back, take the ball off the two center halves, and you often see that midfielders there like this, very much going back to the old Barcelona style of football. Come back, take the ball off the two center halves, pass the ball around the small bit. Make sure you're complete. You make sure you're able to complete those passes. Do not be afraid to 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 come under pressure from a player, but still get your pass off. And we can see that there passes under pressure. He's in the top twenty four percent in those as well, coming in at nine point three seven per game and um, passes the ball forward at a decent rate as well. So his progressive passes are almost 5, nine, four point seven per game. And his progressive pass distance puts him in the top 15% of all midfielders in the top five leagues in Europe. And, um, once again, he's, he's, he it sh- he shows his defensive midfielder capabilities here. His shot-creating ac- actions aren't massive, but that's okay because they come in and around middle-of-the-road stuff, but he's a defensive midfielder at the end of the day. The only reason that these are inflated are because, I would imagine they're inflated, should I say, because he's playing central midfield um a bit more than the most solidly, or most um stable defensive mid- central midfielders as well. Um, I go back to his workload at 22 years of age. He does does Trojan work. He gets 85.41 touches on average per game, which is... absolutely massive puts him in the top seven percentile and it's something as i say that that pivot player and that person that can drop in between the two center halves and come back and get the ball and be comfortable that's what you want them to do you want them to be their metronome i spoke about being a regista or a, a, i i actually don't really even like that word i think it's it's more so like a deep-lying playmaker that 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 i would see it more in the, in in the premier league um, where somebody would be able to put in a tackle, but still get their get their foot in the ball, take it down, and be able to pass it off. Being able to trust a twenty-two year old twenty two a twenty-two year old player with eighty-five point four um, touches per game is absolutely massive. Once again, tasked with doing defense, you don't want him dribbling an awful lot. He only attempts maybe one dribble per game just under it and but he's very successful at those dribbles so he can do it as well so it builds the profile of a player who is tasked with defending more so than he is with going forward his passing range is very very astute and uh, his completion rate is absolutely fantastic he gets the ball forward and they trust him to do an awful lot of work within that midfield engine room so moving on We just want to take a look at him as his customary here in comparison to Douglas Louise. So once again, I'm going to frame this as I hope I've done in all the previous podcasts. This is not to show Douglas Louise as being a bad player. Please do not take that. I really like Douglas Louise. This is to, this is to show what one player's numbers are against another player's numbers. I started off the podcast as well saying statistics do not take into account strength of schedule, strength of league, style of play. Um, system being played by by the manager and uh i want that to be very very clear when we look at this here so when we look at it though based on 90 minutes of play and playing in the central uh playing in a midfield position should i say Bubakar kamara comes out pretty much topping an awful lot of those metrics you know we can see it there as we go down through it his pass attempts are a lot higher or something i think stephen gerrard really wants to get get into this team is a better pass completion rate somebody who's more comfortable making passes and we'll take a look at more advanced pass statistics in a moment but I think the biggest thing that we'll see here is the pressure success rate from Bubakar Kamara along with the tackles per 90 minutes you know they are up yes he doesn't have the interception rate of of Douglas Louise, and that is something that Douglas Luis is really good at but you know we can see that, that he does have his own attributes that he can build upon and that he can work on. And I think another one there that's probably worth noting as well is that he commits less fouls per game than Douglas Luiz. And that's something Douglas Luiz does need to does need to kind of curb within his game. But once again, as I say, these are just a statistical analysis showing the two beside each other, not taking into account strength of schedule, strength of league, or style of play. Once again, can't be too careful with mentioning that. I do want Douglas Luiz to stay at the team, stay at the club. I just want us to bring in reinforcements to help us in certain areas let's take a look at some def- uh, um advanced statistics there in relation to bubacar kamara and douglas louise so if we look here tackles in the defensive third bubacar kamara comes in at 1.12 which puts him in the top 29 percentile he's in the top 22 percentile for tackles in the midfield third and he's in the top 24 percentile for attack tackles in the attacking third so um Douglas Luiz doesn't come in, come in with those numbers. And the reason being is because Douglas Luiz isn't barely at all past the center circle a lot, a lot of times. So his tackles in the attacking third are going to be nowhere near that and um, pressures in the defensive third. We can see here that Douglas Luiz is allowed to pressure an awful lot more there. We invite pressure onto ourselves in a bit deeper and that's where Douglas Luiz comes into his own. He's very, very good pressure rate there at 88.16. and we can see here that Bubakar Kamara doesn't pressure as much, and we've already established that from the previous statistics. But we can see here that he has a higher pressure rate than Douglas Luiz when when he does pressure in the attacking third. Something I wouldn't really envisage him doing for Aston Villa, um, if we were to bring him in, passing statistics, it's no, it's it, it's no massive. Um, secret that he was going to win out in these wins here. But when we look at his completion rates, his completion rate for short passes is in the top 5 percentile. His completion rate for mid passes in the, is in the top 9 percentile. His completion rate for for long passes in the top 32nd 30, 30 percentile, all of which are better or an upgrade on Douglas Louise. And I think passing statistics can probably translate easier i think from league to league but obviously there will be a drop off in these based on the fact that he'll be under pressure a small bit more and obviously he's going to be playing with completely different players so he's going to need to have time to learn learn those so they're very elevated statistics and and if they if he can bring those from marseille into the premier league well he will have no problem fitting in into that uh, deep line playmaker role now looking at some possession statistics as well for him once again, the fact that he has played over the last two years, that he has played uh, 25 games as a central, def- a central midfielder as opposed to a central defensive midfielder, and he's tasked with that a small bit more. I was expecting these to be a small bit higher than Douglas Louise, but they're a lot higher than Douglas Louise. if that makes sense, based over a 90-minute period. So he's 60.22 uh, carries. Now, a carry is, is is determined as any time that uh, a player actually Controls the ball with their feet, and the ball moves forward a small bit. So it's 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 a bit of a misleading statistic, but he's in the top six percent. But once again, that goes to show the amount of work rate that he's given, the amount of work he's given, the amount of time people turn and pass the ball to him, the amount of times he takes the ball in those positions. Um, and he's only twenty two years of age. I keep on stressing that for the work rate that he does. Um, progressive carries come in at four point five five three, which is higher than Douglas Louise. Carries the ball uh, a greater distance, uh, putting me in the top 28 percentile, and his pass-receive percentage. So basically, the amount of passes that. Uh Come into him that he controls and that he uh, keeps possession of is ninety four point five percent, which puts him in the top nineteen percentile of um of all players within the top of all midfielders, just say within the top five leagues in Europe. So there's some really good numbers there, as I say, um for somebody that is so young, he is tasked with a with a heavy workload, and it's just trying to build that to see if what you see on the field is actually true, and that's what the statistics show. So. Here's the here's a lot of a lot of colors, and really what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of highlight all the players that we've been linked to. We've been linked to four players this off to play in the central defensive midfielder role, or to have the defensive moniker even in a flat midfield tree. And those four players, sorry, the three other players that are in Kamara, those four players have been Bubakar Kamara, Rodrigo Bentancourt, um is suma and at the very start we were linked with oriel romeo who is somebody that we haven't really spoken about an awful lot but when we look at it here and it's just trying to be a small a bit graphical obviously green means that they've come out first within these four people yellow means they're they it's the second highest amongst these four people purple means that it's the third and red means it's the last that they're fourth out of four with regards to this here so when we look at it you can kind of see really that Kamara and Bentancourt, because of the fact that they've been tasked with playing, I suppose, in two separate positions over the last 365 days, albeit Kamara has been a lot more defensive minded than Bentancourt when he has been played there. Um, It's a really interesting look that these two guys do separate themselves from Basuma and from Romeo. There's two other pieces, and, and I'm not going to speak an awful lot on this. You guys can make up your own mind from this from this uh, slide for whatever you wish. I'm kind of only just barely commenting on it because I think some of the numbers are interesting. I hope I don't have any any uh, typos on it, but I think some of the numbers here are interesting. It show, goes to show that Kamara and Bentancur have been trusted with an awful lot more of a work, workload within the teams that they're in. I've just watched Benton Core play for Juventus against uh, Milan. I thought he was man of the match. Statistically, he bore out to be man of the match. It was a horribly bad game, but he went through an awful lot of work, intercepted the ball a lot, I think he had the third most amount of passes, so on and so forth. So you're able to see that within the game. Does that translate through to the Premier League? I cannot say. I don't have a crystal ball, and I don't think anybody would be able to say for sure as well. But what I can determine from this is that when we look at... What, what the likes of Bissouma has been asked to do, he's been very much so told to break up play at all costs. And you can see it. He's, he comes in second highest in interceptions, highest amount of tackles, lowest uh, percentage of being dribb- lowest amount of times he gets dribbled past. That's th- They are things that, that the Premier League likes, that managers like in the Premier League, that translates well to the Premier League. And when we look at someone like a Bentancur, when we look like somebody, look at somebody like uh, like a Bubakar Kamara, not taking into account what they're being tasked to do, it looks like they will be able to bring a certain semblance of that skill to the Premier League. Also, when we look at it, there that we can see with regards to passing, the attempts, the completed, the 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 progressiveness of Basuma isn't anywhere near. It is like the two guys from from continental Europe, in Kamara and Bentancur. So I think really what this slide is there. You guys can draw your own conclusions from this. My conclusion from this is that uh, maybe the guys, maybe the guys in the defensive midfielder position in both Ligon and Serie A have more time on the ball, even though they have been pressured a lot. And you can see that the two guys there have the two um, have two of the higher, should I say, um, passes under pressure. But they are tasked with doing a lot more work in the passing game they are also able to get in work in the defensive game as well. And it would really maybe be about adjusting to the speed of the game in the Premier League. But that's not something we're going to be able to to really tie down with a statistical number until we actually see it in the Premier League ourselves. But a really, really interesting piece. Would I have uh, Boubacar Kamara on my team in the morning? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would I have Rodrigo Bentancur on my team in the morning? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would I have Eves Bissouma on my team in the morning? Based on his numbers and his stats and his play on the field, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it, it, there's going to be – the biggest thing from this and the biggest thing from the player comparison here is the, the lads driving the bus, the guys who are signing the checks, the guys who are doing the scouting, the guys who are trying to do team building here and figure out what is and what isn't going to drive Aston Villa forward have clearly identified a certain type of player. It's about trying to find the one that they really, really want, whether it be Kamara, whether it be Bentoncore, and there's been more links today at to the Bentoncore. I don't think it will be Basuma, as I said before. It sounds like today that they mentioned there was a bid in for 25 million. It Seems to have been rejected. Looks like they're going to move further afield. I never thought that they would spend 50 million in this transfer window on one, on one particular player. But whoever they bring in, I think it's going to be exciting. I think whoever they bring in is gonna have a learning curve. I think that's that's very safe to say, whether it's a twenty-two-year-old um Bubakar Kamara, whether it's a Bentoncore coming from a much slower league and slower in the in, in, in the in speed of play and the fact that and how they how teams break at you. There's gonna be a bit of a learning curve. But the fact that we're being linked with really promising players of high potential that are really well thought of not just in, in Serie A or League but Europe and the world over, is really, really interesting. And the fact that we are having a sniff at getting these guys is also really exciting. So, guys, as I say, Aston Villa Football Club in the market for a central defensive midfielder. Bubakar Kamara is a really, really functional player, does quite an awful lot well, is really exciting. I think he would fit in seamlessly hand in glove it would also be a very, very good move from a future-proofing pl- point of view, only being 22 years old. Salon, all that jazz would be fantastic with him. And I think he's on the cusp of really breaking into the French fo- French national team or at least into the squad very, very soon. So let's see what comes of these rumors. Let's see what comes. And and, and but there's only, what, eight days, I think, eight and a half days, nine days left in the transfer window. Let's see what, what rabbits can be pulled out of what hats, but it will go down to the wire, I think, with this one. I don't expect the player to come in today, tomorrow, or the day after. We have a long window. And be, or we have a long runway, should I say. We have a short window. But we have a long runway before the Leeds game. And getting in one of whatever player that Aston Villa, Steven Gerrard and Johan Lange, I want is very important. to allow them, Give them time to come in here, bed in, and then potentially be ready for a starting berth or a berth off the bench against uh, Leeds um, in in February so everybody thank you so much for your uh for your time thank you so much for watching thank you so much for everything you do for the podcast if you haven't hit the like button already and you did like this please 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 do so i would really appreciate it as i say if it's your first time stopping by to take a look at this please hit the subscription button we do these all the time we do them in season not just in transfer transfer window time or we will be doing them in season should i say not just in transfer time also we do three four podcasts a week most weeks you know and you never know you might find something that likes you and we'd only be delighted to have you around we do a lot we answer a lot of questions in the moment in live podcasts as well so if that's something that you'd like come along hit us hit subscribe and come join us during uh during the regular season as well so thanks very much everybody i hope you've got i hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend stay safe and until next time i suppose all that's left to say is up the villa